Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We are here. It's part two, part D. Part D. Which is the French word for two. Um, what is KN? What is that? It's a type of car I've seen it parked outside. Like, what is that? A KN. There's a new car. Jason knows a lot more about cars than I do. Is there a new car in the street that I don't even know about? A KN? I need more information than that. KN car. I don't know. It's like a KN car logo. Movement that inspires. Movement that inspires. Kia Kia. Stellos. Why did Kia. Oh, it's not KN. It's KIA. Kia now looks like KN and new logo as brand launches new identity. Mm. I mean, these cars are kind of cool. Not going to lie. Oh, that's a new Kia logo? I guess so. I don't know. it's, 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 It's. it looks like KN. It does look like KN. The rhythmical, unbroken line of the logo conveys Kia's commitment to inspiration. That is ridiculous. We love to inspire. While its symmetry demonstrates confidence. Also, we we're going to go bankrupt, so check out our new logo. Yeah, the K5 is pretty <laughs> cool, though. Uh, that, that's, I'm kidding. I have no idea if they're going to go bankrupt or not. I mean, I don't know either, but we don't. K, K, KN. Let's get some KNs in here. Um, speaking of KN... I don't know how this has to do with with the word letters KN at all, but uh, it is the Colts at the Texans time. And when you're talking Colts at Texans, you have to talk about T.Y. Hilton. To Jiminy and Hilton. The way that I found out the stats that I'm about to tell you about T.Y. Hilton is from the app I forgot to plug at the beginning of the show, the Brodo Fantasy Football uh, the, I'm sorry, the Fantasy Football by Broto app. On the app, you get player cards, usage tools, start-sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced stats, every single advanced stat you need, and our exclusive stats. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average. These are tools that are tried and trusted, tested and true and help our users and our listeners win championships and our users and listeners help us win the championship of business and of life by being patrons and supporting us at patreon.com slash broto fantasy at patreon.com slash broto fantasy not only are you um part of the community and supporting us but you also have access to tons of things like the discord the the place where everyone goes uh to talk about fantasy when when the breaking news happens and quick reactions. Um, you get the DFS optimizer. You get to play in leagues with us. You get the extra podcast every week. Tons and tons of extras. Uh, private team consultations. I, 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 
I actually get a list of these things all in front of me because it's hard to remember them all off the top of my head. We give away, we give so much things uh, to our, uh, so many things. I just said too much things. That's like, that's one of my pet peeves and I did it. Yeah, that shit just pissed me off too. Um, too many things uh, to remember. So uh, patreon.com slash fantasy is where you'll find that. Now, let's seamlessly get actually into our first game, which is the Colts uh, at the Texans. Now, before I get started... Guys, have you been watching Hard Knocks in season? Nope. Jason? No. You have to. It's it's one hundred percent it's it's worth it. It's 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 honestly my favorite show. It's it's about the Colts and it's just like there is some parts where it's just like there's always some cringy parts at that point in in things like this where it's just like I kind of feel like I'm I shouldn't be at this dinner. Like there shouldn't be a camera at this dinner, and I'm kind of uncomfortable. But I fast forward through those and go to the go to the uh, like the um, football stuff, and it's actually it's really really good. If you think you loved Jonathan Taylor before this, you're going to absolutely love Jonathan Taylor, the human being. After you watch this, um, another guy you'll probably love is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he had a TD last week and has a history of absolutely dominating the Colts. There is a thing though, his history of dominating the Colts is a little bit exaggerated because in his great games against the Colts, he the goes... Texans. I'm sorry, the Texans, yes. In his great games against the Texans, he goes absolutely ham sandwich, uh, ham on a bone, holiday ham. Like, he has uh, four finishes in the last five years as RB6 or better, which include two RB1, two finishes. Uh, so these are giant games that he has against them. Uh, but, you know, T.Y. Hilton, his last couple games, he's been injured, so he hasn't really been putting up those those monster stats that you're used to seeing him against Houston. But he's making his way back in, and Frank Reich on the sideline went to T.Y. Hilton and said, you're the money guy. You know that, right? You're the money guy. So the Colts need a bounce-back win. They're 6-6 six and six now. They're in the playoff hunt, but it was a big loss last week They in a game where they probably feel like they should have won. Um, so I think T.Y. Hilton could have a good game. I that. I'm I'm okay with you playing him uh, if you need a like if you have Nick Chubb and you have a flex and you need a start in place of Nick Chubb and you don't have anyone else I'm okay with sticking Ty in there for for the week. How do you guys feel about that? Interesting that he went with Nick Chubb. Like he couldn't name uh, a receiver. I mean, for you have to go with Nick Chubb. To be honest, it's because your flex. it's because at the exact moment that we're in, Nick Chubb is on by for me and he's one of my best players and I need to figure out a way to replace him and that's what's going through my head. I suppose, but. T.Y. Hilton has also been oft injured this year, not getting overly targeted. Like, five targets is his max in a game this year. I get the appeal and the history, but I don't know. I, I'd rather not chase T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Uh, what about what about Michael Pittman in this game? He's been disappointing, but it's a good matchup. Um, how do you feel about Michael Pittman? Actually, I mentioned Michael Pittman. I mentioned the Fantasy Pros article that I was a part of. In the first podcast, um, Michael Pittman was my guy who might disappoint because uh, this is a Jonathan Taylor type game, man. Um, we have a a team that is really bad in the Houston Texans, and Jonathan Taylor could just run all over them. And if that happens, Carson Wentz is going to attempt less passes. The Texans are actually above average in terms of points over average against opposing wide receivers as well. Michael Pittman now has three straight games in single digits. I think he might... Uh, disappoint in this one again and I know I'm like the uh the Michael Pittman hater of the Brodo crew um but since I called him a uh, sell high if you sold him high you're probably pretty happy about it he has three straight performances that you're not super happy with and 
I know it's a get right game on paper. I'm not I'm not super ecstatic about it. Jason, do you feel the same way? Indeed, good sir. Really? Okay. I mean, like you're not people are ranking him super high and shit and there's always a chance for a down game cuz he's not a target hog and Carson Wentz isn't the most efficient quarterback. So just the name of the game. It's definitely a good matchup though. So it's not like I'm fading him. I'll tell you what, Jason, uh this is this is a sign of respect right here. Jason's been so good at ranking wide receivers over the past four weeks that when I, after I ranked my receivers, I opened up Jason's rankings and I compared them. And if Jason was a little <laughs> higher on a guy, like I, I kind of moved him up. Like I, I, I moved Hunter Renfro up a little bit. I moved down Michael Pittman a little bit. Like I, I was like, yo, Jason's been on it. Like I, I, I trust. Thank you, him. good so. Um, I, I mean, I love Jonathan Taylor in this matchup because why wouldn't I? With that being said, I think Naheem Hines is a dart throw play this week. He's never a dart nah. throw play. No. Nah. Naheem Hines was only good against the Jets. <clears throat> Literally, You're picking that's a dart it. throw play for the Colts. It's Jack Doyle, who has five or more targets in three straight games. Found the end zone last week. He's been playing more than Mo Ali Cox. If you're taking a dart throw, it's Jack Doyle. All right, so let's have a completely made-up scenario that has, that means absolutely nothing. Um, that won't affect me in any way. I promise. Uh, who would you play instead of Naheem Hines? Kendrick Bourne? Yeah, obviously. Yes. At Buffalo? Yes, anyone over Naheem Hines. I wasn't joking. Cole Beasley? Yes. I don't know. Jason, Jason, what do you think? Cole Beasley? You'd start Naheem Hines? I'm like so confused yeah, as to what's happening right now. Obviously. Ty- Tyler Coughlin? Yeah. Yes. Damn, you guys would start every single one of those guys over here, bro. I might have to. I might have to do it then. <laughs> you have Hines in. Yeah, it's it's bad right now for my team. All right, well, let's move on from that. Uh, let's go. No, on. Talking about, you know who you should start over Naheem Hines. Everyone, we already said Rex that. Burkhead. It's Rex Burkhead week, boys. Oh, that's gross. Burk, 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 Yo, burk, burk. David Johnson is not practicing. Royce Freeman is pretty new to the team and barely played last week. And Rex Burkhead's been getting more and more work. It's ugly. It's not super recommended, but if you're in a buy crunch and you need a flex play, you could do worse than Burkhead. Buy crunch. That's uh, that's that's quite the uh, it's quite the combination of words. It just it sounds like they're a crunch, the crunch, crunch. Like if you're in a buy crunch. I mean, Jason makes a a decent point, even though Indy, um, even though Indy isn't like a tremendous matchup, they're not a bad matchup. So I mean, they're twelfth and. Points over average to opposing running backs. And the defense has been uh, very kind to opposing offenses. Too bad it's the Texans and you can't really take advantage of that. Um, they're just... Okay. They're, I'll tell you one thing. A gold mine for opposing tight ends, which is interesting for... Look, obviously you're not starting him, but Brevin Jordan um, now has useful weeks, two of the last four weeks. Definitely very hit or miss. He's a rookie tight end, um, but he's playing more. It's not like Farrell Brown is like a real threat. So, I mean, in the two tight end leagues, Brevin Jordan is someone who might uh, catch a surprise touchdown. Uh, All right. Let's go on to our next game then. The Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. Possibly no Darren Waller. It looks like no Darren Waller at this moment. Josh Jacobs was also eliminated in practice, which makes me think Hunter Renfro Susan with S-C-Z-N. S-Z-N, I mean. Jason, how you feeling about your boy? He's actually Michael's boy because you know what yeah. Michael's about to call him. Locked but and could, loaded. P 
PPR wide receiver three, Hunter Renfro. He's probably a lot of wide receiver two this week. I remember when Tim yeah. was making fun of me for calling him that. No, not he, anymore. I make much sleep. Not anymore. I'm, I'm literally making. I, I was making fun of you because not because I didn't think it was true. It was because like it's literally the like. The most fringe thing you could be to be in a lineup every week. A locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three is like the most fringe, the most fringe p- position to be in. Oh, right? you could be a locked and loaded uh, RB2, which is very replaceable. Guys, a large reason why my rankings were good for wide receivers last week is because I had Hunter Renfro at like 15. And I'm doubling down. I have my wide receiver 13 this week. He's essentially a must start. Look at his numbers in PPR scoring in three out of the last four weeks. He has been wait for it. Wide receiver 11 or better. He is having a Mike Williams to start the year type stretch. And as I said earlier, if Mike Williams was doing it right now, people wouldn't really give a shit. And that's what's happening. It's all about anchoring bias. We saw Mike Williams do it to start the year and everyone has anchored onto that. Well, you know what? Hunter Renfro is doing the same thing right now, and no one's giving the man respect. And not for nothing, Hunter Renfro is 28th in true target value this season, which is locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three type true target value. And he's probably going to get more um, targets now with Darren Waller out. Like we saw him last week get more targets. Plus, he's just been getting more targets generally. So that true target number is probably going to go up as the season progresses towards the end of the year. Yeah, sign me up for Hunter Renfro, baby. Another guy that I'm I'm signing up for big time is Foster Moreau. Like I I feel like people don't understand his athletic profile and how like athletic that he actually is. Foster Moreau, if you go to the Broto Fantasy app, you'll see that he tests out well uh, in in high percentages on all the the uh, the athletic kind of criteria. And every time Darren Waller's out, he always ends up doing something. He even does something. Every once in a while when Darren Waller's in, Michael mentioned that he has one less game uh, with double-digit fantasy points as Kyle Pitts does. So uh, not only is he almost as good as, as an option to start as Kyle Pitts when he's the backup, now he's not the backup anymore, and you're missing Henry Ruggs. You're missing, uh, you know, it's the shell of Brian Edwards and the hopes and dreams that of what Brian Edwards could be. Um, you, you know, that's really it. Uh, you, but you're missing all your options. So, yeah, sign me up. I'm in. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, 100% of snaps. Last time Waller was out, six catches, 60 yards of touchdown. Moreau's about to uh, foster the people, you heard? Terrible. This is, this is what's, the fa- what's the foster the people show that was like? Uh, all the little kids with the oh. pumped up kids. That's not foster the people, man. That's not foster the people? No. Pumped up kicks? Pumped up kicks. Is, no, pumped up kicks. Is that not Foster the People? <laughs> oh, it was Foster the People. Yeah, yeah. let's get it. Yeah. Come on, you, you think I don't know my Foster and my people? For crying out loud! Come on, what what is this? This is right. That's the lead singer's name for Foster the People. By the way, Jason's number one Foster Moreau. Jason's number one um, genre on Spotify rap this year. Well, Jason and Michael they they share a Spotify like twins. Bro. You don't want me to roast you, so don't roast me. No, I, I I I do want you because nothing's All worse right. than dance. My number one guy, you, my number no, no, one no, 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 person I, I listen let, to is Quinn. No, you it's Quinn. Your number one genre is dance. So pop. the genre, your jo- number is, one, no, it's, your, you have it was not dance pop. Yes, it was. It's not dance. pop. Yes, it was dance moron. pop. I know that for one hundred percent because it's the You're same as my wife. I know I'm not. It was dance pop. 
Your number one thing is dance pop. <laughs> you are, you are a fourteen year old white girl. That's what you are. <laughs> just, just live with it. All right. Way. But here's the thing. Clearly, they just put that there because that's what they define Quinn as dance pop. Because you, Mister Fake New Yorker, your number one genre is fucking Pittsburgh rap. There cannot be a more niche dumbass genre for a new yorker to be penciled into so go fuck yourself and your fucking spotify bullshit you're a fake new yorker from here on out so you can say whatever you want at least i rep new york bing motherfucking bong (laughs) so there i mean there's two things here obviously the amount of passion that you spoke that with obviously means that you're bothered by your dance pop uh genre no i'm bothered by your pittsburgh jason is the secondly pittsburgh rap i'm I'm gonna say this i don't even listen to like wiz khalifa or like chevy woods like i only it's only really mac from pittsburgh but i will say this oh chevy woods And he might be from L.A. too. Yeah, I don't know Woods. who the fuck Chevy Woods yeah, is. I think he's from L.A. Chevy Woods. So <laughs> Guys, I mean, real quick, on, I'm sorry, I have quick. to say this. Real quick, shush for one second. Shush your mouth. Shush, shush. Um, yeah, Spotify said I listened to 56 different genres, and I was just like, yo, there's what? There's no way that that's the case. And then they started telling me my top genres, and it's like Pittsburgh rap, and it's just like that's not a thing. That you made that up, and you just so I could have 56 genres. Totally. But Jason Dance Pop still is, is uh, you know. The Memphis Grizzlies are currently oh. beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. You're going to want to hear this. 143 to 67. I don't care at all. The NBA bro, sucks. I, I, I hate the NBA. That's a 76-point lead, bro. The NBA used to be my favorite sport. Double the Oklahoma City Thunder's points. And they're tied. No, they're losing. I'm bugging. They're losing. I bet, you, I bet you you don't know who what picture this is that you sent. What do you know who, who that is? Oh uh, no, I'm not a huge. That's Earl Sweatshirt. I think it, Earl Sweatshirt. I'm so confused. I didn't send that. Oh. Anywho, could we get back on topic for crying out loud? Hi, hi, hi. What was the next yeah, game? Michael said, "Can we get back on topic for oh, crying yeah, out loud?" After he just told us about the Grizzlies. This all started because Michael made an awful morrow. Is gonna foster or some shit. Foster the people. Joke. Because he's gonna and and now turn, everyone. He's gonna turn opposing teams into foster teams because people are gonna stop paying and attention now, to him. <laughs> and now Jason knows that he's getting, and everyone knows that joke. Jason is, is getting yeah, ready for his sweet sixteen. And that's that's really the the moral of the story. Um, and you are gonna be happy to watch the Eagles this week as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Tim just how does it make you feel? He's not getting. How does it make you feel as a not, Phillies fan, Tim? I, that I will, the Mets got I will say this. I will say this, my Jason. That's weird that you say that because Pittsburgh has its own teams called the Steelers, yeah, the, the Steelers and the Pirates. <laughs> so I don't know why <laughs> Jason's so on Pittsburgh <laughs> that he forgot about the Pittsburgh team. Exactly. That's how New York I am. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tim's here. Like, listen to these Pittsburgh teams as I rail them off for you. <laughs> my favorites. Let me tell you about my favorites. All now, right, two Brodo members. With the Steelers as their favorite team, UN cast. Shush. I like Derek Carr as uh, a play this week against Washington. They give up the most points to the quarterback, and that means where you'll he'll probably need to find Deshaun Jackson on a big play. I'm not. St- I'm not. It's not ideal to start him, but you know, if you want to take a shot on Deshaun Jackson, I won't. Be, I won't hate you for Bro, it. Bro, out of nowhere, Deshaun Jackson is like the cool guy to start this week. Nah, I mean, is look. Yeah, I'm going to start a 36-year-old guy who relies on speed, who got cut from his previous team just because he could possibly catch a long touchdown. Like, oh, Michael, I'm sounds just, like a bad idea. 
Sounds like a terrible idea. I'm not doing it. I'm not starring Deshaun Jackson this week. Um, let's it's go. It's not over. a primetime game, so let's go over he ain't to going to show up. Let's That's go true. over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go over to the other side. Antonio Gibson got 36 <clears throat> touches on broken shins last week. I mean, he he didn't look good again, but he made it happen. Seven catches, career high. I mean, I didn't think he looked bad. I mean, 3.8 yards of carry. He didn't look great. I guess he was plotting. He always plots. He's a plotter right now. Plot, 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 um, plot, he's plot. one of my biggest buys in in dynasty. I feel like you should. You're tripping. Do what you can do like, to get him. But just Shady McKissick's probably not going to play. Well, yeah. Look, I it's think that the he's fourth a, best matchup for running backs. I'm not tripping. And Gibson I, I is like third this. in the league I like in magic. attempts inside the five. This has a Gibson good gamer in all schmover it. I like the matchup. I'm not. I wasn't talking shit about Antonio Gibson. I was talking shit about the the organization. JD McKissick get well soon. He looked like a bad a bad uh, injury. Logan Thomas I think is also a great play in this game. Fifth best matchup. Twenty six percent points over average uh, in this matchup, and uh, I think it's a great matchup. The Raiders are actually really good against the wide receiver. Yeah, Logan Thomas just returned to his role. Um, if you caught that was a touchdown. I mean, it was. If people didn't see it, he got jobbed. He ended with three for 31. It should have been like four for 40 and a touchdown, which is a lot more palatable for a tight end. I mean, if I have Logan Thomas, his schedule down the stretch is unmatched, really. Las Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. It's all top 10 matchups for him down the stretch. So whoever created the the schedule makers this year, very strange end of the year. The NFC East is going to be fun to watch at the end. Washington against Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, weeks 14 through 17. <laughs> that shit crazy. Fucking weird. Oh, baby. Um, Terry McLaurin, you, you you have to play him. He's been up and down on paper. This looks like a down matchup, but he could always explode. Yeah, Jason won his uh, FF. Jason ended up second in his FFPC uh, Football Guys Players Championship League, yeah. which means he gets an automatic buy into the championship round. Let's yeah. see how... Um, Let's see how tomorrow goes. I mean, this week goes in the league semifinals, but he ended up winning last week because um, Terry McLaurin, Jason ended up winning by 0.8 because he ended up putting up like 9.2 or something. Oh. And Terry McLaurin puts up games like that, man. That's the issue. Speaking of Terry McLaurin, Michael, in the Brodo Writers League, remember that team that you called a fraud? Did, Did it not spank that ass last week and move into first place? Oh, is that what it did? Is that what it did? It spanked that ass. That's what it did. That's oh, now I remember. It spanked that ass. What what league did you? The Ryder Bowl. The Brodo Ryder Bowl. Oh, the Ryder. See, we have so many leagues together. I, I was know. like, which which we, league is this? Oh my god, I just want to play in one league without the Twins in it. <laughs> just one. Yeah, I mean, you have a better team than me in that league. Congrats, one of like a uh, ninety-four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go over to the Rams uh, at the the Jags at the Rams. Excuse me. Um, Daryl Henderson should play. He hasn't been practicing, but they want they say he's gonna play. Sony Michelle right now is a high quality handcuff. If you have Sony Michelle, hold on to him. He might play possibly. Um, but if Daryl Henderson plays, he's a great matchup in this game. I have him ranked as an RB one uh, right now. Uh, if he does play, so uh, yeah, you you gotta love that. I'd like to note because you didn't ask if there's anyone else we'd like to talk about. Oh, sorry. I also don't hate Tyler Heineke as a quarterback this week. If you look at how many quarterback one finishes Tyler Heineke has, it's six, and that's as many as Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So Heineke's been pretty good this year. He's not the worst 
um, streamer. But to the Rams, whoever the running back is, you start very happily against the Jaguars. But, guys, I just got to jump to Tyler Higby right now. Because <clears throat> this fucking scrub, talk about it to do. This guy basically never leaves the field. He's playing with Matt Stafford, a good quarterback. And I also found out today on the Broto app while doing my research that he leads all tight ends in the league in red zone opportunities. Ah, damn. And this fucking scrub has like one useful game this year. How are you possibly that bad? I mean, I told you all of this when you like did that trade. You got Kamara, which was obviously the Cardinal deal, but you were hyped about getting Higby, too. I mean, I told you you can't really trust him, and you were talking mad shit, so suck it. That's that's basically what I wanted to say, Jason, in a nice, tight package. Let's talk about people that might actually produce, because you're obviously playing Cooper Cup, but both OBJ, who didn't practice on Thursday, that should be monitored, and Van Jefferson both had good games. They can both probably have good games again against the Jags. Do they? The vein, 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 vein. Look, if they're going to play 100% of snaps each a piece, we saw this happen last year too um, with Josh Reynolds. He had some productive games even with Cooper and uh, Cooper Cup and Woods healthy. Um, we don't know who the wide receiver two really is yet outside of Cooper Cup. Like Cooper Cup is just locked and loaded beast every single week. Um, we don't really know who the wide receiver two is, but it seems like they're going to have decent floors either way as flex options at the very least if they're going to just get all the targets and play 100% of snaps in a Matt Stafford, Sean McVay offense. And I know the Rams um, team has been down of late, that offense, but you got to think it comes around at some point or at least improves more so than what's happening now. Like they look completely different than they did at the beginning of the season, but they're still producing fantasy points out of wide receivers. So as long as they're... Healthy and playing, I think OBJ and Van Jefferson are both wide receiver threes. Van Jefferson is third in the league uh, in adjusted average depth of target, a broad exclusive stat. So he gets decently deep balls thrown to him, and I had him ranked pretty high last week, and I'll do it again. We'll probably keep doing it. He's a good piece and a good offense. Um, I mean, obviously Matt Stafford is also a good play at quarterback here. Anyone else on the Rams you want to talk about? We basically covered everybody. Let's go over to the other yeah. side with the Jags. I mean, for me, it's James Robinson. You're playing James Robinson. The The Rams are a run-funnel defense. They're the original run-funnel defense. Um, I don't have confidence playing anyone else in but this But now game. James Robinson, and I also want to add, the, uh, the Rams have been getting better against the run. They're actually 27th. In points over average, maybe it was a running backs yeah, rushing. Maybe, maybe it was a Brandon. They've been getting thing. yeah better as the year. No, but even in the beginning of the year, it's, it was like that. They've yeah. been getting better as the years progress. But James Robinson was added to the injury report Oof. today, which is not good because then it's going to be a Carlos Hyde game. I assume nobody wants a Carlos Hyde game. I don't think like find me one person who wants a Carlos Hyde game. But James Robinson Carlos downgraded Hyde's, Carlos Hyde's mom <clears throat> downgraded to a did not. Plot practice with a heel and knee injury, like downgraded on a Thursday is never a good thing. And the ceiling that he was showing in the beginning of the year prior to the bye has also dwindled as this team has just been getting worse and worse. Like against Indy, he put up 16.4. But otherwise, after the bye, he's put up 4.4, 10.8, and 11. Like he's more so been a volume-based RB2, and now he's injured too. 
Certainly not looking great for James Robinson this week. I think he's more of like a mid to low end RB two if he suits up, even though he's like locked for all the touches in that backfield. But if Carlos Hyde takes over, I think he's more of like a flex option just because he's not nearly as talented as James Robinson is. Real quick update on that game you were talking about: the Grizzlies and the Oklahoma City Thunder ended one fifty two to seventy nine. It is the biggest margin of victory in NBA history. <laughs> you didn't want me to. This Cut game off to talk about the Grizz. Oh, now pack. you care, Tim. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I've always cared. Um, you care. You know, Michael cared. was the one that was telling me to stop talking about it. Um, let's go over to the other. I mean, there is no other side. There's no one else you want to play here. Taysom Hill with the run, about 20 yards on that one. Stop giving it away. You're ahead of us. Um, the Ravens <laughs> at the Steelers. I mean, I'm sorry. The 49ers at the Seahawks is the next game. This game is really, really interesting because this one is going to be without Debo Samuel, who, man, he's been lighting the world on fire. So you hate to see without Debo Samuel, but there's a lot of opportunity to be had with that. The Seahawks is one of the worst teams against the tight end. Enter George Kittle. Um, Brandon Ayuk will probably see a lot more action. The Seahawks are one of the worst teams against the pass, against the running backs. Sorry, I choked a little bit. The pass, the running... Pass-catching pass running back. Bro, there you, you go. Jeez, mother, uh, so you that is good for uh, Elijah Mitchell. He's he's he. I think he has RB1 potential in this game. Uh, how do you guys feel about these 49ers uh, weapons against the Seahawks defense? That sucks because they have a, you know, they... But they have a real good safety who gets a lot of sacks, you know? Bro, the Elijah Mitchell hype right now is off the chains. And I think it's in good measure because... This guy just went 27 for 133 and a touchdown on the ground. But more importantly, man, six targets, five receptions, 35 yards. He didn't have a target against L.A. in week 10. But week nine, he also saw five targets. That's 11 targets in a three-game span, two of them, five or more targets. He didn't play against Jacksonville, but he's healthy now against Seattle. Like you said, tremendous matchup both on the ground and through the air for opposing running backs. Debo Samuel is out. Like, if we have Elijah Mitchell getting 20-plus carries... And four or five plus targets, like all the hype is absolutely warranted because I think there's like top five RB potential here for a guy like Elijah Mitchell who just is such an absolute monster, yo. Like, how are you? Like, he's a he was a sixth round rookie. I don't understand how this stuff happens. Like, he already has four games this year, rushing over a hundred yards. That's absolutely absurd. He already has more career games, less than twenty rush attempts, over a hundred rushing yards than Joe Mixon career like elijah mitchell's fucking nasty shout out to elijah mitchell <laughs> I, and it's crazy because you're like oh it's just good scouting but the same scouts decided, trey sermon. yeah decided trey sermon like it's funny because that's how it usually happens like uh the, the <laughs> philip Lindsay, right that that kind of same scenario yeah. same scouts took royce freeman in the first round so and it's so clearly his backfield too like 27 rush attempts last week do you like Jimmy Garoppolo as a streaming option in this week? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the lowest ceilings you could possibly find. And yeah. Debo Samuel is out. Hard pass for me on Jimmy G this week. Let's go over to the Seahawks. Yeah, but oh, sorry, hold man. on. Yeah, guys. Yeah, asshole, because he knew I had someone I liked. Oh, First God. of all, Brandon Ayuk is a very strong play with Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's a wide That's receiver too. That's where he uh, strutted his stuff last season. Strut, strut, but strut, I like Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings as a uh, dart throw here, boys. The Athletic, a very useful and reputable source, expects Jawan Jennings to be the number two receiver for the Niners this week. 
He's played over 50% of the snaps three games in a row. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle can't do everything. Um, and Jennings caught a touchdown last week. He actually has two touchdowns on the season on um, seven receptions. So look at that percentage right there, boys. Um, I, you could do worse with the dart throw. Interesting. Right now, Taysom Hill is wearing a um, a splint on his throwing finger, his middle finger. And since he put that splint on, it's been three quarterback runs. Cold. Yes. Oh, boy. Interesting. Let me also add George Kittle week, ladies and gents. Without Debo, George Kittle is going to need to be more involved in the passing game. He had the down week last week, but strung together solid performances in a row the week prior. Seattle is not in a, like an imposing defense to go up against. Who's going to guard him? Jamal Adams? Uh, <laughs> Jamal Adams was a George <laughs> block to defend George Kittle. Uh, Calvin Pryor with uh, wristbands. <clears throat> Bro, Jamal Adams doesn't even have a sack this year. What? He does not have a sack this year. What? Yes, that's a fact. Dead ass? Yes. That's shocking. No sacks? The guy's a scrub. What is he there for? And this is... He intercepted... You saw the ball he intercepted last week? Right to him. That's his fifth career interception. Guy's a bum. You know what's hilarious? He makes a big tackle every now and then, and people are like, Jamal Adams. I've never seen... The s- best. I've never seen someone get sucked so clearly and just like out in the open like that. I'm like, yo, there's kids watching. <laughs> um, you know, the fact that the right now the what do you call um the Seahawks pick is a better pick than the Jets pick is wonderful. So it's Vundava. Um let's go over to the other side though, the Seahawks. This is an offense that is completely lost. Michael has had it up to here with this offense. I'll tell you that every every week when he watches the Seahawks, all, Michael's timeline is like seventy percent shitting on the Seahawks offense. I mean, look, Russ is not correct, and that is having an effect on everything and everybody around him. So the question becomes: Can you trust these weapons when Russ isn't Russ? For me personally. I'm going by what I've seen. I think one of my favorite plays in this game is the 49ers defense. If I'm streaming defenses, I'm looking at the 49ers defense this week. Um, and, I mean, I'm playing DK because I have to. If I could sit Tyler Lockett, I would. And that's really how I'm feeling about it this game. I mean, Tyler Lockett's the only one who's actually been decent over the past several weeks. He's reached double digits yeah. three of the last four weeks. Russell Wilson looks like a bona fide but- to do these days. They're also and bro, the thing is, <clears throat> I was, like in Russell Wilson's good years, he's had games where he looks like a to do. It's just kind of how he rolls, and then he'll get hot in the fourth quarter, and then the next week he'll be great. But right now, since his return from injury, he has just looked straight up awful. But dude, I was watching them Monday night game or Sunday night game, whenever they fucking played, and I was just mind boggled. But I was watching Monday night they played, yeah. Bro, first and 10, let's run a play action and throw it really quick to Dwayne Eskridge, who out of nowhere goes by D. Eskridge. His name is D. In now? the flat. Apparently, he goes by D. Eskridge now. You know what? Let's target. What an asshole. Let's target <laughs> Gerald <laughs> call Everett him he repeatedly. Goes by. Second and nine. All right, now's the time to give it to Alex Collins up the gut. Like, when you're targeting, when Gerald Everett what, what? is your up lead target. 
and Metcalf and Lockett are getting targeted the same amount as Freddie Swain and D. Eskridge, obviously the offense isn't going to work. And Alex Collins just keeps going up the gut for one yard at a time. Alex Collins does not deserve to be on a football field. DJ Dallas actually played 60% of the snaps last week, but it's and, not like he's good either. And now they signed Adrian Peterson. He signed Adrian Peterson because they're in win now mode. Aren't what aren't they three and eight? Yeah, they're the fifth seed. They have the same record as the damn New York Jets. They're the fourth seed. in drafting, not fourth in the playoffs. In drafting. Stop saying in drafting. Seed. Sorry, fourth, overall fourth pick. overall pick. Absolute joke, all of it. Complete joke. With that being said, if you have DK Metcalf, I don't see how you sit the damn guy. But man, it's been frustrating. Can't play Alex Collins. I must be hungry. DK Metcalf, Pizza Hut. I have him. I've Sorry. Been, <laughs> I haven't. Was it? Are you talking about the cinnamon rolls, Jason? Off topic, y'all. That Pizza Hut commercial looks so good. That cin- man. Those cinnamon rolls look like the bomb, right? Like I, was I like, had oh, like a. I haven't had a cinnamon like roll a, in a minute. I had like a lunch slash dinner today at like four o'clock because oh, I had a class and what? then this right after. What? And I can Damn, really that go was your pizza dinner. Right? How are you not starving right now? He probably is. That's why the pizza. Hut I didn't different. realize. I saw pizza and I'm like, fuck. This guy, <laughs> this guy, this guy calls me a fake New Yorker, but stops our podcast to talk about how Pizza Hut pizza looks good. Yeah, terrible. What, are you going to go to Sparrow next? Why don't you, why don't you dance pop your way over a, to a fucking pizzeria and get a real local, slice? Local Mexican place. Word. Let me, know, let me know the best place to go with next time I'm in Pittsburgh <laughs> to get pizza. <laughs> I got some, uh, some rice and beans, some guac, some chicken with veggies. It was fire. Ba- Michael's just over there talking to himself. Like, yeah, no one's it was, listening. It was a good dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm in, I'm in uh, my... Ithaca apartment, um, and my semester ends tomorrow, and I'm heading home. So I haven't grocery shopped in a long time. Me neither. And literally, the only shop. thing I have to eat in this house is honey roasted peanuts. I have eaten like so many honey roasted peanuts this week. I'm probably just gonna down the rest of the container after this podcast. Honestly, like it's it's also 10:22 in in like rural Ithaca. You're probably can't even like order food at the moment, right? No. Pizza Hut's probably my only option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they Cornell honey roasted peanut butter? Or you just got like the Mr. Peanut. No, it's not peanut butter. It's planters. honey roasted peanuts. Honey roasted peanuts. I just grabbed them from Wegmans. Damn. That Cornell peanut butter is so fucking good. Yeah. Jason, I mean if you're trying to buy some stuff for everyone when you get back, just let me know. You know, I'll I'll always take some peanut butter. Um uh, and I, you know, I've, I've I'm leaving in the AM tomorrow. I doubt it. Uh, Jason, always dropping the ball. Always dropping the ball, Jason. <laughs> he has uh, a peanut butter. He has some peanut butters in his room ready to go for us. I can feel it in my loins. Unless he's just a bad brother. He's a bad brother. No, I I'm don't. I, I, brother. I have I have one <laughs> for him. For himself. Not even for our mother for, who gave for you birth. the basement. Not even for our mother who gave you birth. I had class. I was by the store. I grabbed one, and then I was gonna open it for me because I have nothing yeah, to for eat. me. Like, you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm going to wait till I go home. Selfish. Not even for your mother. Your mother. Had enough of this bullshit. <laughs> let's go over Sorry, to our... Your mother for me. Let's go to our next game, the Ravens at Steelers. That doesn't hold the same ring as it once did when I was a young tyke. Um, I want to talk about Chase Claypool. and I don't want to tyke? I don't want to hear any of your bullshit, all right? I don't want to hear it. Because the last two games, <clears throat> Chase Claypool has 17 targets and 86 yards at least in the last two games. The guy's been good. He has eight... About time. End zone targets on the season. Eight. And only has one touchdown. Positive regression could be in the air. By the way, with those targets, Tim. Hold on. And this is the most important thing. 
51 big plays given by up by the Ravens this year. Big plays over 20 yards. That is number not three, not two, number one in the NFL. And Chase Claypool has been getting the deep targets. Big Ben sucks. Yes. But Claypool has been getting the deep targets. And I think this game is one of the games where Jace Claypool is going to do good. I mean, you said 17 targets and all that. He's caught, of the 17 balls, seven of them. Yes, but he's had, look at the yardage totals, though. Like, he's had really good games. He just hasn't scored a touchdown. Excuse me, he's caught eight of them. Five for 93 and three for 82. He's put up 11.9 and 9.7. Yeah, those are good games. If he scores well, a touchdown, those are 9.7 isn't winning you your league. No, is all but, I'm saying. but if he adds a touchdown, those are great games. And yeah, he has you eight. can't just say add a touchdown, though, when you're t- talking about the trash-ass well, Pittsburgh Steelers offense anymore. But when you're when you're looking at a, a guy who he's has a wide receiver three. the options, he's a wide receiver three with high-end wide receiver one upside this week. No, High-end wide receiver one. High-end wide as, receiver as one. As his ceiling. Just said. As his ceiling, yeah. As his you know why his ceiling isn't that high, You'll Tim? see. Bet? Because of Big Ben. Overall wide receiver. What do you want to bet? Uh, over 12 points. Half PPR, it's obviously. Foreign. Yes. Are we doing the hour league, like, with the 100-yard bonus type shit? If he reaches 100 yards, it doesn't matter. It doesn't people. matter. Either way, he's not doing it. Yeah, I'm in. Jason? Nah. <clears throat> yeah, you, you, Jason, you, you made a smart decision. You are a, a smart gentleman. Michael, on the other hand, this guy's an idiot. Hmm? Guys, let me let me talk about Pat Fryermuth for a second, though. Fryermuth! The, the rookie who is breaking rookie tight end stereotypes when everyone expected Kyle Pitts to do it. He barely played this season to start the year. He now has five tight end one finishes. That is the same as Hawkinson, Waller, Schultz, Kosicki, and Goddard. More than Pitts. That's one more than Kyle Pitts. It's the same amount as Noah Fant. He's practicing both in full both days this week because he had a concussion, so he should get um, a lot to play past COVID uh, concussion protocol. And remember how I said Higby, that scrub ass, leads the league in tight end red zone opportunities? Yep. He has one more than the guy who's in second, Pat Fryermuth. Bang. It's not a coincidence that he's scoring touchdowns. He's getting the damn targets. Especially because Keep he's... Keep firing up Fryermuth happily. Like the, the phase to Fryermuth are working. Like, yeah, and Big Ben's trash. So he's like, if I could just throw and it now, up to Frymuth and get a touchdown, why not? I'll let Michael talk about Najee Harris while I eat some honey roasted peanuts. <laughs> Damn, you have them now. Noise, noise. Um, yeah, Najee Harris has been a a volume based passing game dwindling running back with just insane volume holding him afloat, and it all came crashing down finally against Cincy. You play him as a volume based running back, but. Things are looking down for him. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, it's not a tremendous matchup against Baltimore. And, uh, no, I mean, the not, guy is... Not only... Sorry. Not only not a tremendous matchup against Baltimore, it's the worst matchup. He's over 100... Negative 100 rushing yards over expected this year. He has 196 rushing attempts for 708 rushing yards. So, not good. That's despicable, honestly. And, and I know it's a bad offense. I know the offensive line hasn't been good. But at some point, like, damn. The increase of Pat Firemuth as well has has made, I think, has kind of affected that as well. Uh, his Najee's pass catching. So it, it uh, 
I really do. I really I think that Farmouth has has something to do with that. We haven't talked about Deontay Johnson. He's a locked and loaded low end wide receiver too. I wouldn't say low, low end wide receiver two. Yeah. They're gonna yeah. say low end wide receiver one. He's been money. I mean, he's been he's been okay. Like he's been he's been good, but he hasn't had Not any everyone is Devontae Adams, man. Nah, he's been very good. Yeah, he's just like he's been a top thirty wide receiver. I think every single. That's what week I'm saying. He's a all right, fine. Let's, every single. Let's week say a mid range wide receiver too. How about yeah, mid, week mid to high end. How in about PPR, that? his lowest finish this year is wide receiver thirty four. That was one time. After that's wide receiver twenty six. After that's wide receiver twenty four. Guy's a fucking stud. I I think we should change the name of PPR to Pooper. Pooper. And that easy ass bet I won. Thanks guys. Which one? The Deontay versus Deontay Juju versus Claypool. Yes, I've never made an easier bet in my life. Wow, Jason's going to have a win. So still we can end up in last place. Also, not anyway. for nothing. Still not over. No, because I want to keep shitting on you guys. Still not over. Because talking about... Still not guys, over. I, I liked Pratt Firemuth even before the year started. And we did like a... Oh, my God. Here we go. We did some type of rookie podcast. And I was like, yo, I'm going to do Pat Firemuth. And Michael and Tim were like, no, pick someone who's going to be relevant. And now Pat Firemuth is a fucking boss. Well, I probably is. talked about fucking Terrace Marshall or some dumb shit. <laughs> Shout out Fryermuth. That's it. You can suck it. I want you to know that. Right now, Deontay Johnson has 140 fantasy points. All right? All right, remember that. Claypool has 90. So Claypool could easily have a four-touchdown game and just pass him right by, all right? So just so you know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're one extremely rare game away from giving that up. Um, let's go to the other side, the Ravens. How worried are you about Lamar Jackson? He, he missed a game, and then he, he looked terrible through four interceptions, like looked absolutely terrible last week. Are you worried about him, or you think it's just like, oh, he was sick, he was, he was going through it, and I'm, I'm expecting him to bounce back? What do you think? Yes. Option B. Oh, okay. I expect him to bounce back. I'm not concerned at all. He had one bad game. Big deal. He was dealing with an illness. He's Lamar Jackson, man. He's going to kill it. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Why would anyone be concerned? Give me one good reason why anyone should be concerned. They can't. And the Steelers are fifth in points over average to quarterbacks rushing. Fifth best matchup? Fifth best matchup, yes. Boom. Yeah, sign me up for Lamar. Interesting note about... The Ravens offense. In adjusted average depth of target, brought exclusive. Mark Andrews has a deeper depth of target than Hollywood Brown. Wow. That's super interesting. interesting. Mark Andrews has been very good recently, and he's been getting a lot of intermediate to deep looks. And I think that's why he jumped Hollywood, because a lot of Hollywood's deep passes are not catchable. And that's what adjusted average at the target accounts for. So yeah, Mark Andrews has been he's and been Mark more Andrews, than just a little checkdown guy. He's also sixteenth among all wide receivers and tight ends in and running backs in true target value this year. Marquise Brown coming in at twenty six. So both top thirty in true target value among all receivers, tight ends and running backs, even better at their respective positions. I think people are Getting scared off on Hollywood Brown. I'm giving him one more shot as a high-end wide receiver, too, this week against Pitt. Like, I'm firing him up easily. Um, 
the running back situation gets. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to play any of these guys, especially against the Steelers. Yeah, it's they're a touchdown dependent options. Devontae Freeman just had his like worst game, of course. Right when I started to talk him up a little bit as maybe a reliable RB two, but then the entire team is pure trash against Cleveland. They won sixteen ten despite Lamar throwing four interceptions. Um, I think he's a low end RB two flex play this week against Pitt because he's still the lead back in that offense and. They should be. They should play better. Uh, is anyone else want that you want to talk about in this game? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. All righty then. Let's go to our Sunday segment. night football. Yeah, football on MSG. MSG. The Broncos and the Chiefs are the best on TV. Is it time for Javante Williams to break out for the first time a breakout game? Mel goes 50-50, according to Vic Fangio. Michael? No one wants that. Hardman, but we want Pringles, too. Someone bring the chips for the game and watch Pringles score. <laughs> Mel goes dead-ass 50-50. Yeah. I did not know Melgo was like, that hurt. That's what Victor Fangio said. I thought it was just one of those injuries like, yeah, you know, we're just, he's he's Melvin Gordon. That's crazy. Hey, Fangio and Prosciutto. What was it? Fangio and uh, Fangio Scandarello. and Scandarello. Fangio and yeah. <laughs> Um, Mama Mia. Pizza, pizza, no, pizza, pizza, pizza. Look, the Let's start with this, okay? The Broncos. Um, I think you can comfortably play both running backs in this game without getting too hyped about either one. If Mel Melgo plays, if Melgo doesn't play, then. I'm really excited to see Javante Williams' first game as, like, the guy. Um, with that being said, probably won't happen. Melgo looks like he's going to play. Um, these pass-catching options, man, like, what, it's just ugly and uglier. There's there's really nothing to be had here. Like, just don't play a Broncos pass catcher. It's crazy. It really is. It's just sad at this point that they have, like, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant. And t- Teddy Bridgewater somehow rendering every single one of them irrelevant. Like, if I had to choose, it'd be Jerry Judy. Um, but even that has been yuck. He hasn't even put up a double-digit performance since week eight. Corlin Sutton is just basically a nobody at this point. <sighs> Seeing two targets a game, if that, like, ay, ay, ay. I can't believe my eyes. I can't believe my eyes. They need a quarterback. Michael asked me last week. <coughs> sorry, I choked on a peanut. Michael asked me last week, Jerry Judy or someone else. I don't even remember who the other person was. I was like, why are you even asking me that, man? Jerry Judy is useless. Like, the answer is not Jerry Judy. The answer is basically not Broncos receiver. Chiefs Thea has been good recently, too. Yeah. Man, Javante Williams, though. That'll be fire if Melgo sits for Javante Williams managers because now that's something that would be fun to watch. I think Noah Fant is a startable option as a pass catcher just because uh, he just has a lower threshold to be relevant. But even Noah Fant has been slacking. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is just making everyone suck. Like, he put up 1.8 and 2.7 two of his last three games. That's not okay. Oof, that's very, very not okay. Four games this year under four fantasy points. It's like, 
Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. This Broncos team. It's just, Sadie Bridgewater always does the same thing every year. He convinces people that he's good because he has two good games in the beginning of the year, and then we all forget that he sucks. Boys, he's the better running back. That's all I'm going to say. Who is? With my early TV. Oh, let's go. Tell me he scores. Please tell me he scores. Tony tell me he scores. Pollard, he touchdown. scores. Yes. 60-yard touchdown rush. 60-yards touchdown. Running back with juice, Tony Pollard. Let's fucking go. What I the that. fuck was Williams so doing just jogging bad. next to him thinking he was going to cut or something? The one who's better than Zeke. Yeah, I have no idea what that was. Let's go. Let's go. I needed that bad. I don't know why Tim just won't admit that Pollard's a better player than Zeke is. I mean, at the moment, that's why I'm playing them both. At the moment, Zeke is hurt. I think it's pretty clear. Goodness gracious. Um, we're Chiefs. All right. So the Broncos' defense has been all right, but and the Chiefs' offense hasn't been great. But the Chiefs are coming off a bye week. Patrick Mahomes needs to get right. To this is an in division game where they just crush an in division opponent. This to me screams. And they and they also they don't have the talent to keep up with the talent on their Chiefs. This to me screams. <laughs> Big game, classic style for the Chiefs. I think Tyreek Hill has a big game in this one. I think Travis Kelsey is a good play in this one. I think Pat Mahomes is a good play in this one. And I think CEH is probably a good play in this one too because the Chiefs might get a big lead in this. I just, look, if you look at the metrics, the Broncos have been a pretty good defense. The question is, like, how does it matter? I don't really care about any of that. What I care, what I, this is what I see. I, I think that. Andy Reid off of a bye is also one of the best coaches in the history of football off a of bye week. I it just, is a division It's a division game. game. I, it's at home. I just think the Chiefs are ready to explode in this game. I mean, you start Mahomes, you start Hill, you start Kelsey, you start CH, and that's it. It's like that every single, every single week for the damn Chiefs. Yeah. Simple as that, honestly. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting Mahomes. Oh God, I'm like choking on something. I'm not sitting Mahomes. I'm playing Patrick Mahomes. I mean, no one's ever considered sitting Patrick Mahomes. Well, think. he had three really bad games in a row, and then four of his last five games have basically been really bad. Yeah, four of his last five games, he has had 15 points or. Oh my God, <clears throat> I need. I need water. All right, let's 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 go over to the next one, uh, because this game is already like it's almost it's almost like too boring uh, to 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 like actually break down. I think another game that has boring written on it this I week mean, I is. Don't, I don't think it's gonna be boring. It's a division rivalry nah, on Sunday night with Patrick Mahomes. It'll be explosive because I think Patrick Mahomes will put up there, but boring <laughs> in terms of like competitiveness. You know what I mean? Monday night, Let's go over to the Monday night football game. Uh, the Pats at the Bills in a big NFC East match. I mean, AFC East mat- matchup. This is a matchup where people may think to themselves, like, I'm mean, not even thinking to themselves. This is, this is a matchup where it's going to be for first place, and it's going to be where kind of the Bills have an opportunity to say, like, hey, we're not just little bro. Like, I know we proved it last year, but the Pats are back, and we could actually beat them when they're good. And for the Pats, it's an opportunity to say, hey, don't forget that we're still here. We have ran absolutely run this division for a number of years, and we're going to continue to do so. So I think it's going to be a, a hard-fought matchup. I think both teams are going to try to play their game. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared You're about scared. 
about the Bills' offense against the Pats. The Pats have been absolutely killer on defense. They've been shutting down people left and right. Um, so let's start with the Bills' offense. I like Dawson Knox because I like Dawson Knox every week when he plays. Josh Allen you have to play. And Stephon Diggs you have to play. But outside of those guys, like I, this is not a matchup where I'm trying to take any ancillary pieces for the Bills. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. Like this isn't the week where you uh where you're happy about starting secondary options um in Buffalo because one Emmanuel Sanders has has aged dramatically apparently. He's a doo-doo now. Like geez, this guy seemed like a wide receiver too earlier in the year and has been pure trash since. Cole Beasley with Dawson Knox there has not been the same. I prefer Beasley to Sanders honestly if I had to choose between the two. Um and you got Singletary and Brita, assuming Zach Moss is inactive again. If Moss is active, that will muddy the waters even further. But, like, Singletary's just doing whatever. He's going to give you eight points. And Matt Brita, he played more again, and he scored a receiving touchdown. But it was late in the game where when it was basically over. And that was basically 80% of his production. So it's like, could you trust Matt Brita this week? I think, like, Singletary and Brita are likely flex options, but... I don't want to have to trust anyone else besides like just Diggs and Josh Allen and Dawson Knox, who has really just made himself a tight end one this year. Taysom Hill, boys, QB one. Not enough people toot that horn outside of Brodo. Yeah, but we do. Guy's eighteen points, and the fourth quarter hasn't started yet, and he's only just started running. Yeah, he hasn't even like he hasn't even been good. <laughs> no, this is gorgeous to see for the future. Nine rushes, eighty-seven. Hill. 87 rushing yards right now. Oh, my God. I also have Jalen Hurts, so I have tough decisions ahead of me. Guys, I, on my Scott Fishbowl team, I don't know if I mentioned this, I have I have Taysom Hill and Alexander Madison. Like, Noise. My projection went up by 30 points this week. Noise. Yeah, you said that on the Monday, Pom. Did I? Okay, yeah. I just feel like flexing that again. Um, let's An go, avid listener. Let's go over to the other side, the Pats at the Bills. <clears throat> so the Pats are really good for real life, but... <clears throat> hard to trust him in fantasy. But here's Can I the just little... say real quick. Hold on, before, man. Before your oh, spiel. Oh, my God. Because I don't no. want to go back to the Bills. Can I just say Dawson this Knox. real quick? It's right, my right. least favorite sentence you guys speak. Go, speak. Oh, oh. I thought you were talking about to me. Yeah, I am. Talking. <laughs> Dawson Knox has played nine games, and he's third in the league for tight ends with tight end one finishes with six. Boom. Michael was Guys, all over Dawson money. Knox in yeah. the offseason. Michael Fook was on money. that train. He's my favorite late-round tight end. Yo, Taysom Hill also, like, it, it was an incomplete pass, but he's throwing, like, tight spirals. He's really inaccurate, but he's throwing some <laughs> tight spirals, even with this thing on his finger, which is real respect. Um, interesting, though, is that the Bills, when you look at their defense, like, oh, they haven't given up this, they haven't given up, given up that. They also have Tredavious White, who's going to be out this game. And... Out the so, season. Out this game for the first time this year for the season. Um, so the question is, can you trust maybe a Kendrick Bourne in this game? Can you trust maybe a Nelson Aguilar in this game? Can you trust Mac Jones in this game? What do you think? If you're going to trust a wide receiver, it's going to be Kendrick Bourne. Um, just because he's been the best by far of the Patriots crew, even though his snaps aren't really showing that um he's getting less snaps than Nelson Aguilar um weekly and 
and Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, we know the guy just doesn't find the end zone, which makes him one of the lowest ceiling guys in all of the land. I think this could end up being a run-type game for the Patriots, man, because the Bills' defense has been great against the run, except when they played against Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, who both had monster games. And Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are not um, Henry and Taylor. But if they mix these guys in, keep them both fresh, and run a lot against Buffalo, I could see them old-school established-to-run-type game where Damian Harris ends up finding the end zone. Um, and But I, overall, I'm not a fan of this game um, on the New England side in terms of fantasy output because they, they've been a team you basically want to avoid each week to begin with. So why would that change in one of their more difficult matchups of the year? Jason, do you agree? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's a really tough matchup. The Bills have shut down everyone. Last week, they played a team with not the Saints without any premier receivers, and they shut down all of them. Um, and this is less similar here. Bourne, Aguilar, or whatever. None of them are premier receivers. Like, they're probably going to get locked down. The running backs offer some appeal. And then, of course, Hunter Henry can always find his way into the end zone at some point. So, Jason, real quick, before we before we head out, Kendrick Bourne or Cole Beasley? Hmm. Beasley. Bourne. Michael? Bourne. I'm probably, uh, in PPR, I'd give Beasley the slight edge. Otherwise, I'd go Bourne. About half PPR. I think I'd give Bourne the slight edge. About half edge. PPR, and you're in fourth place, and you're fighting for a playoff spot. Hmm. Naheem Hines. <laughs> Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. See what we did there, branding. Uh, you could also find us at BrodoFantasy.com, at BrodoFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where you can find Brother Johnny's Bears and Bulls reports every single day. That is all from us. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you have time, we don't really say this, but if you could leave a review, it gives us a lot of uh, momentum. So please leave a review if you can. And, uh, yeah, we love you. Thank you. Have a great day. Peace. Later.